2: It's the Casey laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Emprise debit cards are contactless, secure, and faster than ever. So fast they are giving the cheetah a run for his money. Emprise Bank member FDIC our partner impossible. And they might just make the hashtag No lost November possible. I don't know how, but they're capable <laughs> of doing it. Well, it's time to talk about game two of November and here to help me do it. are my dear pals. First find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, it is good to see that you've passed the protocols and are able to participate in this podcast. Well,
1: I'm just here. I'm happy that we're finally going to break down the game that happened like 48 hours ago. So this is good. We can talk about this Giants (laughs) game that just happened, like because it literally just happened, like two sleep, like a sleep and a half ago, really. So I'm ready for that, guys. Like I I got some takes about this Giants game. So let's roll. You didn't get you didn't get
2: you didn't get them off on Monday night.
1: You still have more. I, I had well, one. I'm still waiting to watch the tape because it's not available <laughs> at the time of this recording. So that's that's first and foremost. But still, yeah, I had to watch a replay or two, you know. So I'm ready. I'm ready to break down the Giants game now. I got a lot of takes about how the Chiefs were able to put the Giants in the D- come victory. So I'm ready to get them off.
3: I have no takes. I have none. <laughs> no takes about anything. I'm just I'm just here so I don't get fined.
1: I'm <laughs> pulling a full
3: Marsh on.
2: Well, uh we'll we're we're gonna try to get through this uh this breakdown here of the Packers. And it's gonna for be for an anybody who interesting... didn't catch on to the bit,
1: we are not in fact breaking down the Chiefs beating the Giants. <laughs> we are looking ahead and previewing the Chiefs taking on the Green Bay Packers. I just wanna be clear. I, I started this with a bit a little bit. I don't know if it was ever fully explained. Craig really just wanted bit. to get off camera as fast as possible.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, well, I would have loved it if every answer to a question just would have been about the Giants like you you just lean fully into the bit.
2: I'm sure I'm sure the giants are probably going to pop up here a little bit here and there. I'm just I have a feeling some of this stuff is going to bleed over too. This will be a fun transition into it, you know Monday night football throws everything off for everyone and it does not feel like we should be previewing the Packers right now, but I mean we are. And you know the, it, there's the, it's a short turnaround for everybody, it's a short turnaround for the team and there's a lot to break down. Obviously, we know that Aaron Rodgers wait, uh, wait. COVID Wait, I do have
1: one fun bit that we have to do. Now, I'm springing it on you guys in the middle of the show. Uh-oh. I need you to compare, or yeah, comp one Chiefs player to one person from the movie Little Giants.
2: Uh, Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, poor Byron Pringle as Hot Hands Hanan because it can oh. be a mystery sometimes with him catching the football. Tyreek could be that too, I guess. I mean,
3: you know, so or any I, receiver. I don't remember the characters for that movie well oh, enough, but no. the kid who gets put in bubble wrap, I'm doing that to Patrick Mahomes so he doesn't get hurt.
2: <laughs> Can we compare Brent Tillis to the annexation of Puerto Rico guy?
1: <laughs> yes. Love it. Love We're it. Good. I I I was gonna go with uh Spike to Nick Bolt. I feel. I feel like you know they kind of play. Oh, yeah. They kind of play on the field. Similar, very similarly uh, skill set, right there. A lot of straight like ahead, one. and nothing's going to stop them. So you know, anyway, I just I wanted to get that off. <laughs> All
2: right, we're going to preview uh, the Packers game here. I do want to cover a couple things really quick because there was some big pieces of news. First off, Melvin Ingram. I'm Maddie. I want to get your takes on the Chiefs trading for Matt in- uh, uh, for uh, uh, Melvin Ingram, sixth round pick in 2022. Thoughts go.
1: Best thing about it was the jersey number he chose for the Kansas City Chiefs. That jersey number is 24, so that's excellent right there. That's how you know the Chiefs won this trade immediately. <laughs> I, think, I think in a vacuum the Mel- Melvin Ingram can still play, he's going to help the Chiefs. I don't think there's any doubts about that. Honestly, anything that gets Alex Okafor off the field is a win. Like It doesn't matter who's replacing him. Anybody that can get Alex Okafor off the field is a big win. Melvin Ingram can definitely do that. As a pass rusher, he's going to be easily the second best defensive end pass rusher. I mean, Frank Clark's playing great lately. It's going to be Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram. I think Chris Jones as a rusher on the outside has not gone great. Defensive end versus the run, fine, not great as a pass rusher. So this helps. It definitely helps. We don't have – this podcast isn't about the Chiefs front office process and how they operate, so we're just not going to go <laughs> deep into the process of not signing Melvin Gordon in the offseason, trading for him at this point. in time. Like, we don't need to go there. Just know I don't like the process, but I like acquiring the player for that capital at this exact moment in time.
3: They needed somebody. They, they definitely needed somebody, and it's not just for moving Chris Jones inside because the Chiefs were already doing that. And you were seeing more Alex Okafor, more Mike Dana, who surprisingly has seen a little bit of a step back in his usage with everybody coming back. It surprised me because I felt like he was playing pretty well. So, uh, you know, he's taking a little bit of a step back there. Melvin Ingram's going to come in, offer you a little more juice at defensive end. And Chris Jones is going to get to stay inside. (laughs) Chris Jones was playing inside in the base defense at the end of the Giants game. That is the first time this year. That, that has happened. Chris Jones has only moved inside in some long down nickel situations and the dime. We got to see it inside against the base defense. And it worked. Chris Jones had arguably his best game of the year, was really destructive on the interior. You want to leave him there. Put Melvin Ingram on the outside, a savvy veteran who's gonna know the defense, going pick things up quick. He's gonna get on the field quick. Keep expectations low. I don't think he's going to come in here and, you know, have eight sacks or anything like that. But it's a good, solid move. He's going to offer some juice off the other side from Frank Clark.
2: I will say it will be very funny if Taco Charlton gets called up from their practice squad and and replicates the success that Melvin Ingram was having there in Pittsburgh. Because, yeah, the Chiefs would have. Yeah, never mind. you. Are they going
3: to play taco at off-ball linebacker, too? I don't know. Like they did with Melvin
2: Ingram? Probably. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I I do think he's going to add some juice. I think there's there's still something in the tank as a pass rusher. So that'll be a welcome (laughs) addition. And we'll find out right off the bat uh, as he rushes the passer. But this week, the passer is not who we expected. The State Farm Bowl still ceases to exist, rest in peace, the state farm bowl. I made sure I was getting fed an ad, you know, like a, uh, a Twitter ad. And it was this, it was, it was a, it was a QR code for the, the state farm bowl. It was Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And I made sure to retweet it because the, the, the irony and everything going on today is just wild. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think I need to tell anybody at this point out for the chiefs game uh, due to COVID protocol, a wild wrinkle in this game on a Wednesday. Uh, it's just put it's the a- State Farm Bowl, put the concept six feet under some clay, mm-hmm. some clay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, let's just make sure you know I, I, we have a breakdown of that. We did an emergency podcast here on the KC Sports Network YouTube channel. So go back and find that. You can kind of hear some rapid reactions to all of that, and I'm sure that will bleed in to our analysis here. Um, you know, as we break down the Packers game, it's time to get into that. And it's going to sound funny because, you know, the Chiefs caught a break with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, not being able to participate in this game, but Maddie, you really wanted to catch, you want to touch on this It kind of feels like the Chiefs need to catch more breaks than that moving forward. And in this game.
1: Well, and so I wanted to talk about this headline before the Aaron Rodgers news broke, which is very clearly a break. So, I mean, like that right there is like the biggest of breaks you can get to play the scene. Yeah. But you kind of think back about the Chiefs this year, especially the Chiefs on offense. They don't catch any of the breaks. Every little 50-50 thing that could go against them does. Tips ball right to defenders hands. Fumble loose on the ground right into a defender's hands. You know, you want to have a guy that happens to run free? It happens on the backside of the play, the direction that Patrick Mahomes isn't rolling so he can't see. Just every little thing that could go right seems to go wrong. For the Green Bay Packers defense, it seems to be the opposite. Just look at their game against the Cardinals. A.J. Green doesn't realize he's on a fade route. Easy interception in the game. There's a muffed punt that Rondale Moore doesn't even attempt to go recover even though he touched it. He has another ball go off of his fingers into the Packers' defender's hands. Like The Packers' defense, they're a really well-coached team. They're always in a good position, and that allows them to become on the good side, the positive side of these kind of lucky 50-50 plays. The Chiefs' offense, the exact opposite. They come on the losing side of a lot of these 50-50 plays, especially this year. It's been riddling their film. This is a week with Aaron Rodgers that I kind of thought – If the Chiefs are going to win this game, if they're going to beat this team that is better than them, that's a better football team than them, they're going to need to catch some breaks. Now, the talent disparity is probably lowering just based on how everyone's playing. They're probably a lot more equal on equal footing now, so maybe this isn't as important, but this is something that I really do think that is going to need the change of the Chiefs. Green Bay's defense is good. The Chiefs will need to catch some breaks. They'll need to find a broken coverage. They'll need to find some plays to go their way.
3: Yeah, they definitely need some breaks, if only because... The defense needs to quit getting put out there on short fields. I mean, it's it's egregious now. There's 19 turnovers for this Chiefs team through eight weeks. That's silly. That's way too much. Way, way, way too much. Now, again, a lot of these are fluky, but some of them aren't. Some of them are legitimate turnovers, bad decisions, not protecting the ball, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, look into the other side, Marcus Kemp, just barely misses, recovering a dropped fumble off of a punt this past week. We, we've seen time and time again the ball just bouncing out of bounds rather than staying right there where the Chiefs can recover. It, it's it's too often. LeJarrius Sneed falls coming out of his break on an easy pick six. You just see it time and time again that the Chiefs' luck is not there. Now, it's not all luck because, you know, when bad football things happen, it means that you're playing bad football. And there's a lot of that that's still happening there. But at some point, and I'm reticent to say this because I know at some point, you would expect the pendulum to swing a little bit back. Even if you're playing bad football, you would expect the pendulum to swing a little bit back in your direction and have some of those bounces go your way a little more often.
2: I think the Chiefs need to create their own luck a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is... A team that I, I agree with everything you said. There's There's been a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of bad luck. There's been some 50-50 balls. There's been, you know, a, a lot of little issues here and there. But I think, you know, th- I think the Chiefs can control that a little bit too. You know, protecting the football a little bit better. Making it, you know, it, that'll that'll go a long way with this team. Being more mindful of the football. You know, and and the teams are going to continue to make them drive and teams are going to continue to, you know, make them, you know, sustain drives all the way up and down the field and and try to force turnovers. And that's worked really, really well. And that's kept a lot of teams in games and that's helped them get blown out in a lot of different ways. Uh, And teams have kind of been doing the same stuff. And interestingly enough, Maddie, the Packers base defense uh, really plays well. With how teams have been playing the Chiefs lately and has been a part of a contributing piece of the formula to stopping this offense.
1: And I don't, when we say base defense, we don't mean personnel here. We just mean the general structure of this Packers defense. Corporate is exactly, yeah, it's exactly what the Chiefs don't wanna see. It's a lot of split safety looks. You're going to get a lot of four-man pass rushes. You're going to get a mixture of zone and man coverage underneath those split safety looks. You have two quality safeties there. They like to roll one down to play robbers in the robber situations You know, on third downs. They will play with them both back. They mix it up, but they base out of a two-high structure and then only rushing four. They don't blitz a lot. They do exactly what every other team is changing their defensive scheme to be when they play the Chiefs. The only difference is, this is what the Green Bay Packers do on their own. If this is how they want to play defense, I don't even I don't think we need to dive too far into the scheme of this because we've been talking about it for weeks now, <laughs> how you beat cover two. Like there's only so many different ways you can say, find a different way to run the ball rather than wide zone and find a way to attack, you know, the gaps that are short, intermediate, and deep down the field. Like they're all there. Everyone knows what these gaps are gonna be. I think the big thing for me is this Green Bay secondary is talented. These guys are good. These corners are pretty good. They're going to challenge these Chiefs wide receivers one-on-one at the line of scrimmage. They're not going to give you that many of these little three-yard hit routes that everybody's slamming their foot that they want to see the Chiefs throw more of. The Packers aren't going to give that to you. They're going to let these corners challenge the Chiefs receivers at the line of scrimmage, have two safeties over the top to protect them from the deep pass. What can the Chiefs do to beat that? What do they have dialed up? Because they're going to need some help beating the secondary. And I, just, I haven't seen them be able to pull that off at this point in time. Yeah. I mean,
3: we'll see. We'll see what happens. Jair Alexander is on IR right now. That obviously is a big blow to that secondary, but the rest of them have actually been playing pretty well. Uh, The linebacking core, not particularly good. Uh, They just signed and then released Jalen Smith, a guy that a lot of Chiefs fans wanted the Chiefs to add to try and add talent to that linebacker room green Bay Packers linebacker room is also pretty bad and Jalen (laughs) Smith could not make it there so a lot of moving pieces there but what's not moving is their defensive front um Smith is on IR but Rashawn Gary has actually had a really good year he's starting to live up to some of the potential that he saw coming out of the draft he's an uber-athletic guy, very dense, very powerful guy. You've got Preston Smith on the other side as well. you got Kenny Clark in the middle. Kingsley Keekly has been playing pretty well, and Dean Lowry has been playing very well. So once again, another good defensive front. But I look at this defensive front and I say, you know what, this is actually a good matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, As we know, the interior of this Chiefs line has been playing very, very well. Very, very well, but the offensive tackles have struggled a little bit over the past couple weeks against some quicker rushers. Well, guess what? They're not going to see the same speed up the arc. These guys win more with power. They win more with technique, counter moves, things like that. That's what Orlando Brown and Lucas Nang have done well against so far this year. So, I'm actually looking for a little bit of a bounce back game from those two guys. Maybe we get to see a little better performance. Maybe we get to see Patrick Mahomes a little more comfortable in the pocket because it's not collapsing around him. Remains to be seen. We'll, we'll actually <laughs> wait and see on that. But I actually think this is a good matchup for these offensive tackles stylistically. The types of guys that they have been able to shut down so far this season.
2: Yeah, some of these guys aren't exactly you know dudes that are. You know, that turn in a corner. <laughs> uh, I mean, Preston Smith's not not a speed rusher exactly. Um, Whitney Merciless is playing in this game too. We didn't mention Whitney Merciless, mm. and boy, that would be just hilarious <laughs> and ironic. You know that that would just be a that would just that would sting a little bit if he if he gets in the mix there. Um, but yeah, this is a, I mean, this is a sound you know group, and I mean, there's there's problems along the interior, there's problems along the edge. Yes, they are better equipped probably to handle that. This you know, those types of rushers, but there's still plenty of talent on that front too. Uh, It's a good group. And even though Orlando Brown might be better against power, that doesn't mean he's ready for a Rashawn Gary necessarily. So it's going to be one of the big storylines. I think that's kind of why we're talking. This team is really well positioned to, to play this team well based on their core principles. Um, You know, so we saw a little bit more man gap scheme stuff uh, in the run game against the giants. It worked. It looked good. It's going to be interesting, Maddie, to see if we get a little bit more of that again here. And another team that, you know, probably makes some sense to run some of this against them, right?
1: Yeah, so not only did the Chiefs look vastly better when they were running, you know, man schemes, when they were doing these things. Like, I think everybody knows what the Chiefs are going to run. When you see a detached tight end, that kind of limits you to essentially Only running zone stuff. So everybody knows what the Chiefs' run game is going to look like. The Chiefs have done a a better job, I'm going to say this year, not good, but a better job of mixing it up. And you saw it in this last week against the Giants. They were able to go an entire drive where they ran combinations of power. They were putting the jet sweeps across the back. They ran power. They just mixed in a lot of stuff. That's what the Chiefs need to do again. And one of the big reasons is this Packers defensive front, they'll wind up in a tight front. Pretty frequently. What that means is you're going to get a true zero-tech nose tackle. So they're going to get a nose tackle lined up directly over the center. Both defensive ends are going to be lined up roughly as four eyes, sometimes even a little bit tighter than that, almost as pure three-techs. And that's going to open up some gaps. That's going to make some double teams for power a little bit easier. It's going to allow your pulling guard, especially if you go with a GT counter or a GH power, you're getting two pullers going to be inserting into a much wide, open, more wide open gap. Going to give them clean rushes up to the second level. That first puller that's kicking somebody out, if you get a good down block on that defensive end, if you get that defensive end washed out of the way, That kickout block, there's no one there. You're getting a kickout block against a linebacker trying to come up and fill. You then still have your guy running through the hole after it. The angles are going to be very beneficial to power runs, to double teams, to pulling linemen all the way around. It's just a matter of will the Chiefs finally take advantage of that.
3: I mean, yeah, it remains to be seen. We, we've we heard from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the preseason when he was asked about, you know, are you guys going to see more gap? Are you going to see more zone? His exact words were, it just depends on the front. This is the perfect front to run more gap against. This really is the one. And I know I've been saying it for Months now that the Chiefs need to adopt this. Guess what? They definitely do. It looks good. They are extremely successful when they're running it. Also, we get to see Trey Smith highlights and everybody wants Trey Smith highlights. (laughs) So I, I just, I expect to see maybe a little bit more of the gap scheme runs, maybe a little bit more of this man stuff, have Lucas Niang really, you know, get after it, be able to, you know, free some of those down blocks, have, you know, Joe Tooney pull out in front, Travis Kelsey insert or Blake Bell insert. You know, there's lots of things that they can do with this, and they can be a little more diverse and catch the Packers a lot more off guard than we've seen teams because the Chiefs clearly have it in their arsenal they see it working just as well as any of the rest of us. So the fact that they're not using it as much as they could tells me that they're waiting for a time to do it. They are waiting for a game to do it. They may have had this thing circled for months. Now, fully knowing what the defensive scheme was going to be out in Green Bay, knowing that this could be a time that they could really catch a good team off guard and we may see a run scheme difference because of it.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a saying about kind of NFL offenses. It's in and, and NFL teams. It's it's win and show as little as you can while doing it. There is a there's a build throughout the season. It's a you know, like I think Mitch Holtis uses the You know, the the climb up the mountain. There is a reality to that. It's a climb up the mountain, and you don't want to expend too much energy too soon. You want to have stuff in the tank. You want to have you know, you want to maybe kind of slowly show some more diversity. You want to build off of, you know, your looks over the course of the season. So, you know, they might be looking at, you know, some of the frequency of some of these blocking schemes and maybe they haven't really unleashed it yet, but this is the kind of week that you do. This is the kind of stretch that you, maybe you expend a little bit more than you were planning on. Maybe you were playing coy and just trying to pull some games out against the giant. Coy is not the right word. And I don't think, Entire, this is entirely true because this team just needs to get right. But I do think that there is a desire to slowly build towards you know, the end of the year, peaking at the right time, having a lot in the tank offensively. So this could be a game where they let a little bit more out than you're used to. And that could happen with the, with the blocking scheme in the run game up front. All right, players to watch on the offensive side of the football. What do you have for us, Craig Stout?
3: I feel like I'm cheating here, but... I'm going to take him anyway, Travis Kelsey, Uh, Travis Kelsey. I think, you know, I think we all watched him play against the New York giants and it it just didn't seem like the same sort of juice, the same sort of energy very well could be that this season is taking a toll on him. He has been beat up so far this season, but where we did get to see him really implemented well is in some of those gaps game runs. Like he was really effective as a blocker, as a lead blocker in those roles. So. I expect that we're going to see him in a lot of those roles and you're going to have him matched up against a poor linebacking core. Now, Devondre Campbell's probably been their best linebacker this season. He's actually having a better season than we probably would expect, you know, if you don't know who Devondre Campbell is, but that doesn't mean that he can guard Travis Kelsey. So they may need to bring an Adrian Amos. They may need to bring a Darnell Savage down to try and help take him away. And by doing that, you're going to create mismatches elsewhere. I just don't know that they are going to really revert too terribly much from that too high shell. So Travis Kelsey may have room to work underneath. And so I think he's going to really hold that spot down as this this game goes along. And he could have a big impact in both faces.
1: I'm going to go to the offensive line, the interior offensive line for my player to watch. And one might assume that I would go with Trey Smith because he's one of the most fun players to watch in the entire NFL, but that's not where we're going. Yes. One might assume I'd be going with Joe Tooney because he's paid like an offensive tackle and he needs to play. No, that's not where we're going. We're going with Creed Humphrey. And Creed Humphrey has been excellent this year. Like You can see any kind of statistical metric you want to look at, he's been great. My one issue with that, he's a sinner. Centers are supposed to be great statistically because they're not challenged. They are always the help guy. They have usually the easiest block to pull off from an interior offensive line, but they are getting help to make their reach blocks more frequently. They get a lot more free climbs. Guess what's not happening this week? All of that. The Packers will (laughs) gladly, gladly align Kenny Clark over a center if they think that's a matchup they can win and let him go to town. Then the pa- in the rushing game and the passing game, they will put Kenny Clark on Creed Humphrey and let that see how it goes. And these guys will test when we were in Mobile, there was one thing that Creed Humphrey really struggled with and that was with power. That was with strength, that was with his anchor. Kenny Clark is one of the last those tackles in the entire NFL that you want to see if that's an issue he's talented enough he's good he's skilled enough with his hands and his lateral agility to take advantage of you but he will run through you time and time again if you allow him so I think this is a big test for Creed Humphrey this week
2: I'm gonna go with Derek Gore a guy who deserves a lot of love after last week's performance getting some opportunities here and man I think he absolutely made the most of it protected the football that's a nice little sign there um, mm-hmm. some explosiveness, some good jump cuts, played with some energy and really passionate up and down the field, North, South, uh, physical at the point of contact. Those are all really good things you like to see. And I was really happy to see what he was able to do. Made the joke, you know, it, it may not have been Halloween, but there was plenty of gore in Kansas City on November 1st. Oh, and November is prime month to propose. So, if you are looking for an engagement ring, make sure you talk to my friend Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. Hal is—he's a unique man. He's a wonderful man to talk to, and he's going to make you feel comfortable as soon as you walk into his store. He'll have his full detention. This is how he sets up uh, his appointments. You set an appointment with him, you're going to get his undivided attention. Going to—you um, know—he'll walk you through that process. He'll tell you everything that you want to know about the ring buying process, and he's going to stay within your budget. I, I really respect that about him because in an, an era where people are really pushing to try to, to to make you go beyond maybe what you're comfortable, try to you know make a, an emotional decision more emotional, Hal is going to pre- present a no-pressure environment. And I think that's more valuable than you might realize when you do go to pop the questions. So go to ruback.co Set an appointment with Hal. Have that conversation with him. You won't regret it. Make sure if you are looking for a ring that he and Ruback are part of your ring buying experience. You will not regret it, I promise you. And you'll be shocked at the value you can get there versus some of these big box ring stores out there. Okay. I think it's time to start
1: talking about the defense.
2: Okay. Mm, good side of the ball. <laughs>
1: the side of the ball that shows up week in and week out. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I really, uh, I really think we should probably have just made Dan Sorensen a an entire bullet point because okay. Aaron Jones was making, you know, wait, Aaron Jones like he singled out like one
3: person, no, two. He oh. mentioned that Melvin Ingram joined them and then mentioned that forty nine moves around the field, A.K.A. We are going to keep an eye on where forty nine lines up. Wherever forty nine is, throw the
2: football. But we're not gonna. Or, well, we might. This might kind of get involved there. So, <laughs> starting with this, and this is something I kind of wanted to talk about because Aaron, I've watched a lot of Packers in my life, and the one of the things that stays tried and true with the Packers, specifically with Aaron Rodgers, has always been you know getting the ball out into the flats, the the rub concepts, this you know getting the ball out in the flat quickly. You know, that, you know, lightning quick release from Aaron Rodgers, a lot of comfort, gets the ball to Devontae Adams a lot of times, lets Devontae Adams do his work. I still think that the Packers are going to keep that in the mix for Jordan Love. The ball's not coming out of his hand, maybe the same the same kind of speed, but I do think that principle, that piece of their offense is something that you're still going to see challenging, you know, corners to try to, to make plays. And, and they've got some quality blockers. That's one of the things that they really utilize there, some quality blockers out there on the edge.
3: Yeah, we've seen the Chiefs struggle to defend some of these bubble screens. Now, it's about 50-50. It really is. Some There are some games they are excellent at it, and others that they really, really struggle to close the gap and take proper angles. I, last week, I felt like, was a good bubble screen game. So, I hope that that continues over with Lajarius Need, Charvarius Ward, and Rashad Fenton being your three corners. Now, the thing that we're going to see a lot of here, and I think everybody remembers back to you know the last time that these two teams played, Matt Moore was the Chiefs quarterback, the Green Bay Packers went empty a lot. And they went empty a lot so that they could throw some of these bubble screens, some of these tunnel screens to their running backs. And I expect that we're going to see a lot of that as well, because you reduce what Jordan Love has to read here. You can give him a quick read. You can get the ball out of his hand quickly. You can get him into a rhythm by attacking that. And man, I saw when I was watching the Giants this past weekend, saw something I didn't love with the Giants going empty and Nick Bolton being the player to kick out wide in man coverage on the running back rather than Willie Gay because it was on the same side of the field as LeJarius Need. Willie Gay typically lines up. Opposite of LeJarius Need and the nickel. It's not something that I love seeing. I want the more I want the more athletic player out there on an Aaron Jones, on an AJ Dillon, not trying to dunk on Nick there, but I want the athletic guy in man coverage. And when Nick Bolton's out there in that, it's man. So you really want to see maybe a tweak, maybe an adjustment. Last time they played, that they destroyed the Chiefs' empty checks. And the Chiefs made some adjustments, got better with them as the season went along, but that game was just. Absolutely destructive from empty. I hope that's not the case. Getting the ball out quick because that makes it way too easy on Jordan Love.
1: That was probably the... Test that the Packers had attacking the Chiefs that day was essentially a couple great throws by Aaron Rodgers and then was getting these empty plays. And if you want more stuff talking about empties, you know, check out the KCSN game preview article that is coming out on the KCSN.substack.com. There's a lot, you know, there's a little bit more there about how the Packers use empty and what the Chiefs did wrong trying to defend it. So there's, there's a little <laughs> bit more. There's, there's a little nugget going to make you go read that somewhere else. But even just beyond defending empty, last week with Aaron Rodgers against the Cardinals, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' average depth to throw was like 5.1 yards, and that includes a 62-yard Hail Mary. Like, he was barely throwing the ball downfield. They were getting the ball out quick. They threw a ton of screen passes against the Cardinals. That's a fast defense, and they still found a lot of success throwing these little quick screens, little quick passes. That is something the Chiefs will have to be on top of. I agree with Kent that Jordan Love will probably not be as good as Rodgers at getting into them quickly, finding the right guy at the exact right time as quickly as Rodgers is. But if you're the Packers, you want to make him comfortable. You want to get him in a rhythm, and how you do that, you give him a lot of quick, easy throws. You let them start moving the ball based on these things, and all of a sudden he starts feeling confident. He's feeling himself a little bit. You need to take these quick first reads away. Take away the first read, whether that's a screen, whether that's a quick slant, whatever it is. Make Jordan Love read the field because that's what he struggled with in college. You think he's all of a sudden better than that at the NFL? I don't think so in his first game. Make him get beyond that first read. Make him have to start getting away from bubble screens, whatever kind of screens you want to call, and actually play you know, NFL-level quarterback and see what he has then.
2: Well, yeah, you're forcing a you forcing a young quarterback to think, and you know, the, I'm sure that the you know, I'm sure that you know the the Packers will lean on the run game. They'll try to get you know some easy completions for Jordan Love. You're going to force them to try to read the you know read the field as much as they can. That means getting them into the third downs, a lot of different situations too. But you know, coverage wise, you know, you're going to try to you know, like I, Craig. I think one of the things you want to talk about is you know maybe some trap coverages here.
3: Yeah, you want to force a young quarterback to make a correct read. You, you want to force a guy that's very singular read oriented. That's not to say that he can't move off of that that first read, but he wants to be on that first read and wants to hit the back of his drop, throw it quick. That's what he was best at in college. That's where he found the most success. You want to, Maybe have a guy that's robbing that route. Maybe have somebody that's sitting right there in the flat to jump that route. Play some more trap coverages. Have guys where he's not expecting them to be. Steve Spagnolo still calls exotic coverage schemes. That has not changed this year. He is still doing it. They're just not having as much success quarterbacks are diagnosing them a lot better you're seeing these guys that are be able able to get through the progressions quicker maybe double clutch it be able to find a guy that's open a little bit later in the route without a pass rush in his face jordan love probably isn't going to be a guy that's going to sit there and hold it for a long time and wait for guys to get open or throw guys open you're going to see him maybe take a route that he thinks is wide open probably to Devonte adams because he probably is wide open but Have a guy undercutting that, have a guy sitting there, just basically call some of these coverages to try and not necessarily confuse him, but make it to where he doesn't identify some of those underneath defenders quite as readily. We saw even Patrick Mahomes early in his career really struggled with identifying some of those underneath defenders, dropping out, making themselves in the throwing lane. I expect that to happen this week. I think they're going to try and take away some of that stuff from Jordan Love, either force him to throw into that coverage or force him to eat the ball, panic, get a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. Either way, you're going to have success with that.
1: And that's the key. The trap coverage in this situation isn't always going to be to figure out where the ball's going to go and necessarily make a play on it. It's not always going to be to completely blanket everybody, you know, call the perfect coverage for that particular play call. It's to make it, take a player that Jordan Love is expecting to be open. His first read that he's expecting to be open based on what he's seeing. And then all of a sudden there's a defender that's going to be flashing to that spot. And whether he throws it towards that or whether he just has to look off of it and to think, okay, this is now covered. What's my next progression? And like, what does that look like in his mind as he's going through? Because that's what he doesn't have a ton of experience doing at the NFL level. In college, when he had to do that, it wasn't great. Jordan Love has some amazing highlights from college. He really does. He has some of the best highlights you're going to see. You know what he also has? Some of the absolute worst interceptions you're ever going to see throwing the ball towards the sidelines. You can very easily disguise a curl flat kind of defender underneath that and pick and catch him throwing the ball to what he thinks is going to be a wide open out route or a wide open deep comeback along the sideline. He probably threw four or five in terrible interceptions like that in his senior, his final season at Utah State. So this is something that people have had success doing against him. Whether you want to have a safety undercut that while a corner is carrying it vertical, whether you want to have your nickel cornerback all of a sudden drift out and take that flat route, just disguise some of the hot spots that Jordan Love wants to throw to. And whether he makes the bad play or not, you're at least going to make him extend the play, start to think the longer he has the ball, the more likely he is to make a mistake. I mean, it's pretty simple when you're a first time starting NFL quarterback.
2: You can get in some of the corners to sink underneath some stuff a little bit more, being more apt to sink, I think could be a nice little viable addition there in the mix. And, um, you know, throw, you know, throw, throw some stuff at him. You know, this could be a really good week that potentially throws some stuff you know, maybe some some uh be a little bit more unpredictable with, you know, with a young quarterback that's really, you know, he's probably trying to figure some stuff out on the fly. He's trying to, you know, understand the tendencies of this football team. And and this could be a really nice week to be a little bit more uh maybe unpredictable at times, too. Good,
3: good luck. Good luck with bags of tendencies uh,
2: exactly <laughs> i mean but i mean it's i think that's the case though like this, this you mm-hmm. got to you you know be be you have to try yeah you got to try yeah. you got to try and you know there's a debate here to, worth having it's you know you got a young quarterback do you you know try to get home with four and flood zones do you try to blitz you know there's there's a lot of ways to do it matty what you think
1: I think if if you're the Chiefs right now and you're coming to this game, I think you throw everything you have. I think you, I mean, you literally unload the playbook, and not just because one. I don't think Steve Spagnuolo is too worried about hiding stuff. I think he's pretty open with, "Hey, I want to call this play right now because I think it'll work, so let's do it." So I don't think he's trying to hold anything back. But you're playing essentially a, a rookie or first time starting quarterback. Put everything you have out there. Give me all of your crazy blitzes. Let me see your weird. Can't plug your ears. Inverted cover too. Let me see all the weird stuff that you have. I want I don't want a single play to be easy. I don't want a single play to look like it's base. Besides, maybe first and ten, you're allowed to play. You know, a little, a little calmer then. But like anything else, just make it weird. I don't care even if the play doesn't work every now and then. I mean, we saw the Giants game the chiefs gave up one or two really big plays but besides that they looked excellent it's just one that's fine i'm okay with that give up one or two big plays if you make that quarterback feel uncomfortable because of everything else you're doing please do it packers generally have had good protection these last couple of years i expect that to continue even if elton jenkins can't play they've somehow developed guys within half a season to play excellent along the offensive line send everybody Blitz everybody all the time. Make Jordan Love figure out who's coming, who might not be coming. Just show pressure all the time. Bring it often. Then play trap coverages behind it. If you give up a big play, so be it. Just make him uncomfortable the entire time.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what you want to do there. And even though the four-man rush looked a lot better against the Giants this week, like Maddie said, You know, David Bakhtiari may be back this week. Uh, There's rumors that he might be one of the guys that is activated again here. He is a massive upgrade. And if, if Elton Jenkins is able to play, he's probably going to move inside. And all of a sudden, that side of the line gets ridiculously good. And that's something that Jordan Love will surely welcome getting to play behind that excellent offensive line. The way that you've got to try and do some of this is by blitzing. force jordan love to shift some of these protections make some of these calls get guys in the right spot because as you're going to see a lot of guys in their first time playing steve spagnolo not named justin herbert guys that spagnolo got to game plan for he has a lot of success he really does he makes like difficult on those guys picks up on those tendencies and he forces guys to make rookie mistakes. So you got to make them pay in that regard. You got to blitz them. You got to hope that your four man rush is still effective. Don't get me wrong. Throw some stunts at this offensive line. See if you can get some guys free. See if Frank Clark can be the dominant self that he has been the past two weeks because he wasn't on the injury report after, you know, finishing that game in some pain, not on the injury report. I think he's going to be full go. So you want to see that be as effective as possible just like we want to see our good pals at macadoodles in the kansas city area macadoodles this is your place to get booze to get liquor i was talking with one of my good friends when i was out in colorado about macadoodles and about how he gets his stuff in there he really loves Macadoodles is one of his favorite places. Gets to go in there because the selection is good. The people are good. The pricing is good. He feels comfortable putting his beers in that store because of the quality of person that's there as well. So When you've got your breweries, when you've got your distillers, and you've got your customers that are all really wanting to be in that building, you need to get a franchise in that same area. So get a hold of Roger. Info at macadoodles.com and get one wherever you are.
2: All right, players to watch on the defensive side of the football from your Kansas City
1: Chiefs. Craig.
3: Anthony Hitchens. Anthony Hitchens is probably coming back this week. Um, I think everybody expects that he's going to – he practiced today in full. I think everybody expects that he's going to be able to insert himself back into the linebacker rotation. I want to know where that is because as it stands right now, The Chiefs have looked pretty good with Nick Bolton at the mic, calling fronts, getting guys in the right spots, pretty good defending the run by and large. They've done a lot of good things with Nick Bolton in that spot, and it's clear that that's the spot that you want him in going forward. If you are having him in that spot, that means that Anthony Hitchens is not the future there. Now, Anthony Hitchens knows every spot, knows this defense, can help still playing as the Will linebacker. The spot that Ben Neiman is playing in the base defense right now, he can be that guy. So you could have Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Anthony Hitchens on the field. But keep Nick Bolton as the mic. Have Anthony Hitchens roam a little bit more. See how he looks at the will. See if that's an improvement at your will linebacker spot. And then when you get into your nickel, you can mix and mash. bagnolo's just rotated those guys a ton. I'm fine with all of that. But I want to see Anthony Hitchens come in, maybe play a little different position, maybe see if you can rekindle his year and get him going again.
1: I'm going to stick at the linebacker position, and I'm going to talk about the guy that you said should stick at Mike. That's Nick Bolton. We somehow previewed this entire Packers offense and didn't once mention the two-headed monster they have at running back. That If they are smart, they are literally just going to hand the ball off to 45 times in this game. They're going to make the Chiefs stop them running the football before they try to make Jordan Love be able to win the game through the air. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, these guys are running fantastic this year. Yes, Nick bolton has been great for us to run. He really has, but I think this offense in particular does a really good job stressing the second level, whether it's in the passing game like we talked about going empty whether it's getting outside runs, misdirection runs, like they do a really good job of stressing the second level of defenses. They get their running backs that kind of one-on-one matchup with two holes to go through frequently. How does Nick Bolton react? Hopefully, still playing the mic, versus this new kind of challenge that is going to present some lateral movements, some ver- you know vertical or linear movement right at him. That's also going to force him to cover. Can he do it all? Can he be a Mike linebacker that can play in every facet of defense? Or is he going to be a little bit kind of limited going forward? Good, but limited like Anthony Hitchens had been just in terms of he's never going to be the coverage guy. He's never going to be the rangy linebacker. What does this look like for this offense that should challenge the Chiefs on the ground?
2: Well, I'm not going with a linebacker. I'm mm. going with a guy that is starting to really come on a little bit here. And I think put together a couple solid performances here recently. Frank Clark. Uh really, I, I've been impressed with what he's done. Uh, I thought he had a really nice game against the Giants. He looks a little bit more explosive off the edge. He is what he is against the run. As you know, he's been a steady presence against the run, stout at the point of attack consistently. But man, the the, the pass rush juice is a little bit more noticeable. And man, that's a that's a good sign. He's starting to look like, you know, closer to the guy that we saw towards the end of the 2019 season. And that version of frank clark has some value he doesn't have most expensive contract outside of a quarterback value but he still has value and he's a guy that can help this team win if he continues to play the same way he is chris jones a little bit more flexibility along the interior now you know frank clark playing off the edge melvin ingram if he can give you some juice on in in some sub rush situations it's a nice little group it's a nice group to, to rush the passer with and This is what I'm watching, and I want Frank Clark to go out and continue to build on the success that he's kind of had the last couple weeks. All right, it is prediction time. Chiefs, Packers, Craig, what do we have in store here, my friend?
3: Well, I was going to talk about the run game here, Matty, just so you know. I was going to talk about it here. Buried at the end in 30 Mm -hmm. seconds
1: per usual. Typical Chiefs. Listen, listen, nobody
3: cares about the run. That's... As I say, as I'm the one who wanted to talk about gap schemes up at the (laughs) top. Anyway, um, I fully expect that we're going to see a large dose of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. That being said, I can also see the Chiefs selling out a little bit to stop the run. Force Jordan Love and this Packers offense to beat you through the air. They can. Don't get me wrong. They absolutely can. But. I can see them selling out a little bit, getting in some advantageous spots where Steve Spagnuolo does feel comfortable with some of those late rotating coverages, some blitzes, some things that you're not going to necessarily do on first and 10, although Spagnuolo does it plenty on first and 10, but you're not necessarily going to do it. I think that they're going to stop the run. And I think that this team is going to get beat a little bit through the air. Jordan Love's going to be able to move it, but he's going to turn the ball over. I've actually got the Chiefs winning this one 28-17. to 17.
1: I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans kind of, I think, overreact a little bit to Aaron Rodgers not playing. I've seen Vegas overreact to Aaron Rodgers not playing. They went from the Packers being a favorite to an eight-point underdog based on this Okay, let's take a step back here. Let's compare the Green Bay Packers team to the New York Giants. Which is a better team? Packers, bar none, Packers. not even close. Are we sure that Jordan loves worse than Daniel Jones? I'm not. The Chiefs barely beat a worse team with an equal quarterback playing. Why all of a sudden are they an eight point favorite? No, this is going to be a nail biter. It doesn't matter if Jordan loves playing quarterback. I think the Chiefs win, but it's thirty-one thirty. Chiefs need a last second score again. The Chiefs aren't a good football team right now. The Packers are. Yeah, you take away their best player, but we don't know what Jordan Love could be. He's a first-round quarterback. He's talented. He could come out and put up a performance like Daniel Jones did, which was enough to keep the Giants in the game. You add more talent on defense. You add more talent on offense. You add significantly better coaching. Who's to say that it wouldn't be a win the other way around? Like This is still a very tight game for the Chiefs. I don't think it's a walk on the park. If the Chiefs think it's going to be, I'm not saying they do, but if the players think so they're going to get beat down. So yeah, I got the chiefs winning one point, I think it's a lot closer than everybody's kind of giving it credit for right now.
2: Yeah. I don't think the chiefs aren't taking this team seriously just because Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback. I think they are well aware of the obstacles in front of them. Winning helps and beating the giants and coming into this week after a win helps. And I think, you know, they just slowly need to start continuing to remind themselves who they are and what they're capable of doing. And what kind of explosive offense and and the the kind of tempo that they can set for a game, dictate how a game is played. They can start to continue to do that. And I think, I, I think they're going to play a quality game. I don't think it's going to be anything flashy. I don't think it's going to be anything overly excited. I think you're going to feel good about this team a little bit more than you did going into it, even with a Jordan love playing quarterback, I think it's a good build on the Giants game. I think it's a good build towards two big games in the pursuit of a hashtag no loss November, which continues as the Chiefs win twenty-eight twenty one, beating the Jordan Love
3: Green Bay Packers. That is going to yeah, do it for oh. hang on. How many times did the Chiefs turn the ball over this week? Zero. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two.
2: Two. I'm gonna say zero. Hard two. Hard zero. two.
3: Zero. Zero. Oh, yep. do they get positive turnover differential this week, Kent? Yes. One. Bold man. Bold. Bold. This gamble is, for a bold. When man. I say, look,
2: real quick, I I was about to, you know, I was about to kill the show, and you jump back in. So no, now I gotta no. Get listen. listen. Here's the thing. There's. Well, I think there. I think it's going to be incremental improvements, and just not turning the football over is an incremental improvement that I think could go mm-hmm. a long way in helping this team. You know, I don't know that that's incremental. It might be. Big. <laughs> When's the yeah, last time? Good. When's
1: the last time they did that? That's like a giant leap. Like this is a Cleveland. small improvement. I feel Cleveland. good about it.
2: I feel good about it this week. Protect the football. One Jordan Love turnover. We're all gonna be like, oh, man, they should have had more than that, right? But That's okay. Twenty-eight, twenty-one, Kansas City Chiefs. Anything else, you guys? Anything else good? No, no. I
3: just wanted to get that in.
2: All right. Well, that is going to do it for the KC Laboratory game preview of Chiefs Packers. Thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you're consuming this show. We appreciate you so much. And again, thanks to M-Prize Bank, our partner, Impossible. We'll catch you later.
4: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.